0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Forging the Path. My name is Adam, and this is a podcast that's all about empowering men to become who God created us to be. The vision would be that we see stronger marriages, stronger families, and a stronger society as a result of men stepping up in their calling to be servant leaders, strong protectors and providers, and we, we would do all of that by following Jesus. And looking to the scriptures, and walking with a band of brothers. And right now we're we're in this pretty cool, uh, fr- you know these Friday episodes anyway. We're we're going through the minor prophets, and we took a break last week. We're about halfway through these guys. Today is Nahum. And Nahum is it's another one. It's it's bloody. It's brutal. It's it's callous. It's cruel. It's awesome. I, I love it. It's not what people typically put on their refrigerator magnets when you think of inspiring words from the Bible, and so that makes me want to dive into it all the more. The reason we're doing this on Fridays right now is, is because I, I think the church, especially here in America, uh, we need we need a prophetic voice, and. Uh, and I don't know a better place to go than the Word of God to look for examples of like, what, what does a prophetic voice sound like? Uh, these men who see visions, they have heard a voice from the throne room and uh, they would stand and be willing to stand in flat contradiction to everything that our society, that our culture, that our world is, is holding dear right now and is trying to celebrate. And so that's, that's where... This kind of comes from, it. there's a there's a quote, I think this goes back to probably the first week in January, I read uh, an essay from A.W. Tozer. So I encourage you, if you're wondering, why are we going through the Minor Prophets on Fridays, check out that episode, early January, A.W. Tozer's essay on prophetic leadership. But enough of all, all that, we're going to go into Nahum. Nahum, it's, it's a hard book. It's bloody, it's brutal, it's callous, it's cruel. Let's do it uh verse two of chapter one the lord is a jealous and avenging god the lord takes vengeance and is filled with wrath we don't we don't like to talk about god's wrath very often do we yeah but it's in there it's mentioned many times in the old and in the new testament a little bit about the author for this really short book nahum it's three chapters right the 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 name Nahum means comforter or consoler, which is kind of ironic, right? Because the book is filled with judgment against mostly against Nineveh, uh, the uh, the leading city of the empire of Assyria at the time. So the date of writing is somewhere in the six hundreds before the fall of Nineveh, uh, the fall of Assyria to Babylon. And this is kind of like part two from the book of Jonah. If you remember the book of Jonah, uh, Jonah goes uh, kind of almost unwillingly to Nineveh and they actually repent, right? And so God holds off on the judgment and the justice he was going to bring to Nineveh because they repented at the words of Jonah. Well, this is 150 years later and Nineveh has fallen back into their old ways, and so Nahum steps onto the scene. He does not write this book so much as a warning uh, or, or, I mean, a call to repentance for the people of Nineveh. They, they already had those chances. They had a lot of those chances. Uh, the people repented 150 years ago, but now they're, they're worse off than ever. And I'm talking bad. You could just Google uh, brutal practices of the Assyrian Empire And just to list a couple things for you, some of the things they would do, they they would hang the bodies of their victims uh, and of of the people that they conquered on poles outside of their camp and around their city gates. They would, this is really nasty, they would put the skin of their victims on the walls of their tents. So this is Nineveh. This is Assyria. And now Nahum was telling the people mostly speaking to the people of Judah, to not despair because God was going to pronounce judgment on the Assyrians, and they would soon be getting what they deserved. And so you can look at this a couple different ways, right? You can look at the harsh words, you can look at the wrath, you can look at the anger and the judgment and and say, wow, geez, what's going on here? Uh, but You could also look at it from judah's perspective the northern kingdom of israel had already been conquered and taken away by assyria they've been decimated and so judah's looking like they might be next and nahim speaking these hard words against nineveh that would be comforting if, if you were potentially the next victim of this evil nasty wicked cruel empire To have a prophet step up and say, this is what God's going to do to that awful, wicked empire. And don't don't worry, they won't overtake you. That would be comforting. So Nahum is a comforter and a consoler. Some key verses, aside from the one I just read, uh, chapter 1, verse 2, the Lord is a jealous and avenging God. And don't we need that? When you have an enemy that's stronger than you and is vicious and cruel and coming after you, don't you want a God who will roll up his sleeves and fight on your behalf? Nahum 1.7, the Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. That's a key verse. Uh, Nahum 1.15, this is kind of a glimpse of the gospel. This is also echoed in parts of Isaiah, and it's repeated in Romans. Uh, Look. They're on the mountains, the feet of the one who brings good news, who proclaims peace. Those feet are called beautiful in the book of Isaiah and in Romans. How beautiful the feet that bring good news. So this is a picture that Nahum is telling these people who are scared to death that they're going to be overtaken by this cruel empire. I have good news for you. Uh, I'm running to you with words of comfort and consolation. God is going to wage war against your enemy and you will be saved. Um, Nahum 3.19. This is Nahum speaking to Assyria. Nothing can heal your wound. Your injury is fatal. Everyone who hears the news about you claps his hands at your fall. For who has not felt your endless cruelty? All right, so... Nineveh once responded to the preaching of Jonah, turned from their evil ways. They served the Lord, but 150 years later, Nineveh is returning to idolatry and violence and arrogance. Uh, So once again, God sends one of his prophets. um, Not necessarily sends Nahum to Nineveh, but sends Nahum to speak a prophetic word against Nineveh and to comfort Judah. There's some cool foreshadowings, like I said earlier, about like, I just love these gospel glimpses in the Old Testament where we see a little glimpse, a little foreshadowing of the good news of Jesus. And uh, and like I said earlier, uh, Paul references this in Romans 10. Isaiah also speaks to this, uh, another Old Testament prophet, regarding the ministry of, of really the ministry of Jesus, uh, preaching the gospel of peace. Uh, coming to people over the mountains with joyful good news about the enemy being conquered and the people being saved. Uh, Here's the practical application. Uh, God's goodness and his justice compel him to orchestrate the downfall of evil nations. And I pray that ours wouldn't be one of them. But Nahum is given as an example of how God won't let wicked empires endure forever. He is patient. He's slow to anger. He's quick to love. He gives every nation time to repent of its sins and follow Him. But also, He's not mocked. At any time a nation turns away from Him and His righteousness, evil will result. And then he will step in with judgment. This was true for Assyria. It was only a matter of time. It was true for Babylon. It was true for Persia. It was true for Greece, Rome, and on and on. And it's true for any nation today, including our own. So as Christians, it's our duty to stand up prophetically at times for biblical principles and to proclaim what's righteous, what's true, and to tell people about Christ and how it's only in Him that anybody can find hope. And so, how do you view God's desire to bring justice and righteousness to the nations? How do you view some of these uh, harder-to-relate-to texts, especially in the Old Testament? And... uh Where has God given you influence? That's a good question you might want to wrestle with. Where is God giving you influence? How might the Holy Spirit be asking you to boldly point others to Him while there is still time? And, uh, those, those would be the questions I would leave you with Nahum. You could go so deep in some of these books, but the point here on these Fridays is to just give you short and sweet 10 to 15 minutes, something to think about, something to chew on. Hey friends, thanks so much for listening to these episodes. I hope they bless you. We'll see you on Monday. We've got a lot of great interviews coming up. We've got a, uh, a couple of local business owners and, uh, and we've got a topic in the next few weeks on spiritual warfare that I think uh, some of you have been requesting and that's going to be really good and informative as well. Hope you have a great weekend.